Welcome to the 29th episode of the Toledo Matters podcast. With you, as always, is the usual crew, Bob, Danny, and myself, Nathan. And uh, so what's up, guys? Not much. Happy to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Today, today we, we have with us Jason, Jason Kushma, who's the deputy director of the Toledo Lucas County Library. Wow. Yeah. Very, very cool guy. Had a lot of interesting yeah. stuff to say. It was, yeah. it was a really good interview. Yeah, they had... Uh, we were out at their audio studio in the new King Road Branch Library. This this new branch is amazing. It's huge. It was a $7.2 million project. It's uh, 23,000 square feet. And, and as you'll hear, there's more to come of mm. stuff just like that. So yeah. pretty pretty cool stuff coming up for Toledo. Uh, Bob, get up to anything cool last uh, couple weeks? Well, last weekend, you came over to my house to help me <laughs> and about seven other people carry this big honking wooden play structure from a house down the street to my house and uh yeah it was pretty heavy yeah i'm still sore because i'm a wimp and And awkward just yeah awkward to carry but do you guys even lift no No. okay yeah (laughs) do we lift (laughs) do we lift come on (laughs) i lift my xbox controller up to play video games i carry my kids all all the time yeah um so yeah i mean that's really i didn't really do much but but that was the big event of the weekend for me and uh made my kids day and yeah it was good Cool. Thanks for helping me. Oh, no problem. Pizza and beer, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I bribed you. For the record, I would have helped too. He lives so close. I, I was in New York. Yeah. And yeah, that too. <laughs> Danny, how about you? Uh, I was in New York camping in a log cabin for the weekend. Me and a really close friend. We just go up there probably every fall break, take pictures of the changing leaves. We go visit a few spots. The Quinsua Bridge. I saw the picture in that PA. you Instagrammed. Oh, that was that, pretty amazing. It, it looked like I was in a helicopter from that picture. Yeah, it was, it was just cool. the yeah, bridge. It was really and Like pretty. half of it was demolished. We were in the empty Allegheny River Reservoir with his Subaru just driving around because it nice. was so empty. Just a little getaway. Yeah. It was, we unplugged. Yeah, we unplugging made the mistake nice. of plugging back in for the debate and wow. <laughs> we're not going to go there. Yeah, That's we're not going to get into that. politics. <laughs> Nate, what'd you do? Um, we Steph's been working a lot, so she wanted to get away. So I did like an impromptu trip. We went to Port Clinton and stayed at a dog-friendly hotel and took the Ooh. dogs. Um, and then we went to, we were going to go to Kelly's Island, but in the nice. morning, our cab driver, well, the night before we went to Monami for dinner. And the cab driver that took us there was like, you guys should go to Johnson's Island. And we were like, what's, what's, what's Johnson's, Johnson's Island? Island? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually right south of Catawba Island. So it's like the opposite direction from Kelly's. And it's really just like a place where wealthy people live. Um, sure. Very nice, <laughs> nice houses and stuff. Um, so we kind of, and it has a, a memorial. Um, there was a, like a POW prison on the island. So there's a hmm. little memorial there for that. So we kind of took the dogs around and drove around, looked at some houses and there's a couple little parks on the island. So. Just a little little night getaway to Port Clinton, which is easy drive from yeah, Toledo cool. up there. You know, check out Johnson's Island. Yeah. So what's uh what's coming up in Toledo, Danny? Uh, coming up in Toledo this Friday, October fourteenth, a night of improv at the Toledo Repertoire Theater. Uh, myself and some of the other members of Unfiltered, we're Toledo's premier improv group. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be playing some short form improv games as part of the Holy Toledo Laugh Fest. Tickets available at ToledoRep.org. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then this weekend is Rockets Homecoming. Woo, go Rockets. Yeah, okay, okay. Yes, the long-awaited battle of I-75 with the Falcons sporting a whopping 2% estimated chance of winning. Now, that estimation was by me. It was fact-checked. <laughs> it's legit, I swear. Uh, don't miss the homecoming fun. We're going to have a parade. There's the alumni pregame party at the alumni pavilion before the game. And crowning the king. you going to tailgate? Oh, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. These a bunch of these crazies are trying to go there at four a.m. Oh my that's God. just outrageous. That's a little early. I Chris, will not be there outrageous. at the four a.m. No, rally. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just going to the parade. I think we will have we will have another uh, rockets out for Harambe snap filter out. So okay. that's cool. good. That's good. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bob, didn't you have something? Oh yeah. So a uh, couple of folks I know are starting a brewery in South Toledo in November called Ernest Brew Works. Cool. Uh, and uh, they have the money to, to get it started. They've been working on it real hard, and they just started a Kickstarter to kind of give them a little little float to, to help them along in the, in the early time. So I, I, I backed it. I just thought I'd hey, mention so is it. So is there like a hashtag for Kickstarter? No, but just it, type in if you go name? to kickstarter.com and you search for... Sorry, Danny, I don't, I don't want to know this. <laughs> is there a hashtag for Kickstarter? Or whatever, like an at, an at, whatever. You just search for the project. They're, 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 Get out. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the brewery is called Ernest, E-A-R-N-E-S-T, Brew Works. And, uh, and we have too many coffee shops, so yeah, let's I mean, support this yeah. and get some more breweries around here. They're good guys, so uh, check it out. Cool. And a big thank you to our first show sponsor, Balance Grill, for sponsoring this episode. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode of Toledo Matters, get in touch with us. We'd love to talk. And without further ado, here is Jason Kushma. Enjoy. With us today is Jason Kuchma. Did I Welcome. say that right, or is it Kuchma? Kuchma. Kuchma. Yeah, Kuchma. Close. Uh, I knew I was going to screw that up. I'm sorry, but <laughs> who is? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Thanks for joining us, Jason. You're you're the deputy director at the Toledo Library, right? That's right. And I, I know it's not just the Toledo Library; it's like the Toledo Lucas County Library. TLCPL, but yeah, Toledo Lucas County Public Library. Thank you. All right. And uh, so you're going to talk to us a little bit today about, I guess, the library and some other stuff. But first of all, are, are you a Toledo native? Or are you from elsewhere? What's, what's your story? Uh, I grew up on the east side of Cleveland suburbs, uh, Willoughby. Um, nice. Went to, went to uh, Lake Catholic High School, state championship football team, right? Okay. Um, but uh, did my undergrad and first master's at uh, Bowling Green. Uh, okay. Master's in American Culture Studies. And I uh, ran um, a small progressive politics and culture magazine that was internationally distributed here out of out of uh, Toledo, um, but then closed up shop, and I uh, went to library school out in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> so <laughs> ended up in New York City, and then uh, back here uh, about a year and a half ago. I'm going to rewind you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What, what was this magazine? Uh, it's called Clamor, The Revolution of Everyday Life. Okay. okay. And it was sort of a, you know an arts culture magazine for the left-leaning set. Uh, we did about six years... 40 issues, wow. and, which is kind of unheard of Jeez. for a small press. How did sure. you get involved with that? Was that like well, right out of school you did that? Or? Yeah, I mean, I was I was in, you know, I was a college punk, so yeah. <laughs> in bands, doing zines, putting on shows. Um, I started a conference called the Allied Media Conference, which was basically, we'd bring thousands of people from around the country to Bowling Green, of all places, Sure, yeah. to talk about, you know, independent um, media. And this was kind of almost pre-internet days, so... They're just talking about audio documentarians, um, people Jeez. that were, you know, local community journalists. Um, and, you know, they would come to Bowling Green. And so I was involved in a lot of independent media projects and started to think about what it was like to have a zine become a little bit bigger, be on newsstand shelves, and how you kind of, like, move, make that move from the, the tiny little coffee shop thing to something that's in Borders. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I'm just laughing that you're calling it a zine. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what they call it. I mean, that's, you know, like the, the kind of... I was going to say flimsy, but I don't know if that's the right thing. They're e-zines now, right, Danny? 
I don't know. No, they're, yeah. they're, they're like a guy who reads. The well, machines, the blogs, to yeah. I mean, and the right. machines are actually having a resurgence now, which is boggling. Me. Yeah, oh, really? I mean, in Toledo, we have Chroma. I mean, that's his Chroma's right. killing it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and uh, so were you, were you, I guess you're the founder of the, this. this yeah, so I started the Allied Media um, Projects, which is a nonprofit that hosted that conference. And um, they actually, we moved that, uh, handed it over to some new folks, and they've been doing that up in, in Detroit for, you know, they just celebrated their 17th anniversary of that conference. Nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah, so it's pretty, it's pretty proud, uh, you know, moment of pride for me to be able to hand that off and let people do something a lot better with it than I was ever able to do, <laughs> to do with it. You weren't the only one writing for the magazine. Did you have a, a No, no. So we, we had, we had editors all around the country. So yeah. we had, Dang. we had people, um, you know, those are the nice things about, you know, publishing out of Toledo. You know, we could afford to live here uh, on, on, on a pittance, um, had it printed in Canada, but we had editors that oh. were in, in New York, L.A., Seattle, you know, all over the, all you over the country. You had it printed in Canada? Yeah. Why? Yeah, Winnipeg. Why that? Uh, at the time, the, the dollar was, it was, it was really strong. Okay. Yeah, so it was actually cheaper to print it in Winnipeg. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and then have it distributed to all the, all the bookstores from there. Now, can you still find this online anywhere? Yeah, or? yeah, clamormagazine.org. We... Um, we worked with the Internet Archive to digitize all the issues, Sweet. and uh, uh, so it's all still available online, preserved for posterity. Do, do you have any like favorite stories or, yeah, or yeah. pieces from from the magazine you'd well, want to share? Yeah, so I mean, I don't know how much you know about magazine publishing, but it's uh, we. It's a pain in the butt. It's <laughs> it's a colossal pain in the ass, and and so much of it is 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 um, is you know buying into those the shelf space. So. We had an issue where we paid to have it featured on the end caps at Borders, and it turned out that was an issue during um, Bush's uh, uh, his reign, uh, where we had we had we had a, a, a mosaic, and the cover was basically a mosaic of his face of all the people that had died in Iraq, mm-hmm. and so that was featured on all the covers of uh, or on the end caps at Borders, Barnes and Noble, all those places. It was pretty remarkable. I mean, it was you know. Here's this scrappy little magazine that managed yeah. to rise up out of Toledo and, and was pretty widely known outside of Toledo, but it was still kind of, you know, kind of niche here. Yeah, no, here, that's here back is, home. Is Borders still around? No, no, no. And yeah. there used to be like in malls and stuff, right? Mostly. Yeah, I mean, when when Borders came to Toledo, they put Thackeries out of business, which was my, which really dang me really? at the time. <laughs> Well, Thackeray's was like this like local, local bookshop yeah. where Costco is now. I was sad to see that gone when we moved back here. Yeah, because I lived here about 10, 11 years ago. And then, yeah, coming back, and, I was like, where's Thackeray's? A few years later, Borders goes out of business. And so I'm in my mind, I'm like, well, can't it's, we have Thackeray's back? But of It's no, like a T-Mobile shop now or something. Right. Well, well Borders, no, Borders is now, um, it's like a preteen girl clothing store in the mall. Oh. I forget what it's called. That's even better. <laughs> like Forever 21 or like right. one of those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But all right, so that's pretty cool. Did, How did that lead you to go into library school? So while while I was getting my master's in American culture studies at at Bowling Green, I worked in the music and sound recording archives there, okay. which is an amazing collection. It's just you wow. know, it's chock full of incre- I mean, it's an incredible collection. Uh, so I worked there and I worked in the pop culture library, and both okay. of those you know um, stints, I, I thought you know I really would like to work in a library, but I'll wait until this magazine publishing project dies because it will inevitably die and, sure. and we'll run out of money and, and whatever. So, um, you know, the transition from being you know being someone who works in independent media, um, who shines a light in dark corners, who kind of tries to amplify voices who are underrepresented, um, that transition to working in libraries is pretty seamless, I think, because we do you know we do a lot of work to you know, to amplify, you know, information resources and provide people with access to those sorts of things uh, that they might not have access to otherwise. 
So cool. you, you got your library degree, which I guess was a master's, right? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know you have to get a master's degree to be a librarian. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think you said from Arizona? or Yeah, you went to the University of Arizona. I had a two. You know, my wife and I, well, I met my wife here in Toledo, uh, Megan Placia, and she and I were um, both considering library school as our plan B. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she was teaching uh, She was teaching at Summit Academy. And we both said, all right, looks like it's time to enact plan B. Uh, and there's, an, there's a ton of amazing library schools here in, in the area. So University of Michigan has a great program. Kent State, um, uh, Wayne State, uh, UIUC. Great programs. But we're like, we need to get the hell out of the Midwest for a little while. So we took, <laughs> yeah. a, took oh, a two-year yeah. vacation to Tucson. Uh, and it was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah Arizona's yeah. great. It's phenomenal. Yeah, so we... So we were out there, did our programs, um, uh, and then you know we were both you know had these library degrees and didn't want to be competing with each other for jobs. So um, applied uh, a bunch of positions out in Seattle and, and in New York City and ended up in New York. That's that's got to be complicated to not be fighting each other for a job. How yeah, we interviewed for a couple of the same jobs. <laughs> that's uh, tough. And, were you yeah. married at the time? Did you have the same last name? Uh, we still have separate last names. Okay, distinct uh, last names. That. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we weren't. Yeah, I think we were married at the time. Yeah. So, what is a class load like for library school? It's about a year and a half long program. Most okay. of them are a year and a half, two years. Um, you study everything from you know digital librarianship, digital preservation. Um, Reference uh, Dewey Decimal System. Dewey Decimal, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my Dewey chops are not very strong, which is you know, which is why we work with great librarians. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh. yeah. I'm gonna mark that for trivia later. Yeah. Dewey Decimals. <laughs> you will get me on the on the on the Dewey decades. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, man. So, uh, what library did you uh, end up in? So I worked. In, so when it, it's interesting, my wife and I both you know came out of library school and didn't work in libraries. So she worked as a as a digital asset manager for an image agency. Okay. Um, and uh, I just ended kind up, of like a managing a library of images. Yeah, yeah but for a, for a private corporation. Yeah. So yeah. and um, I ended up um, running. Well, I was a digital services manager for a nonprofit that provided services for all the libraries in the five boroughs. Uh, and you know, I did that for a couple of years and then eventually became the director of that organization and ran that for a couple of years. And it's sort of an organization that provided, you know, thought leadership for the professionals in that area and yeah. loved that job. And you know, wasn't thinking about leaving New York city, but, uh, you know, got a call from Toledo asking if I was interested in this, this deputy director position. And it's been kind of great because I get, you know, at that other, at that other position, I was sort of working this meta role where mm -hmm. I was providing services for the people that were providing services to the community. Yeah. So now I get to have that sort of direct line to the community we're working with. So uh, you took the job, obviously, because you're sitting here. I'm here. <laughs> uh, wh what is your job as deputy director for the, for the library? That's a good question. It's different every day. But all the people that provide, all the administrators that manage our public services uh, report to me. So everything from security to collection development to uh, youth services to you know circulation, um, technical services, which is the back, back of the house. <laughs> Tech services is the back of the house where all the stuff comes into the library and has to get processed and then put out on the shelves and uh, all the databases that we buy and things like that. So, yeah, I have too many people reporting to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, but Correct it's me if great. I'm yeah. wrong, but for the size of our city, we have a pretty substantial library It's an system. incredible library system. And, you know, that's one of the things that folks, you know, when I was leaving New York, they're like, well, why are you going to Ohio? I was like, you don't understand <laughs> how well Ohio treats its libraries. So, you know, we have decent funding. Um, you know, we're on the ballot right now, but... Um, we have decent funding from the state. Uh, TLCPL takes really great care of its facilities, so we got you know we have you know, top-notch facilities. Every, you know, the branches all look great. Some are a little older and longer in the tooth, but in general, you know, when I was in New York, there was you know there were libraries like the Brooklyn Public Library, New York Public Library, that 
had difficulty keeping some of their branches warm enough in the in the winter <laughs> and cool enough in the summer. Let alone thinking about how do you build a progressive, you know, a progressive forward-thinking um, building that responds to the way communities needs change. And you know, that's exactly what we did with just with King Road. Um, you know, how do we you know, being able to do things proactively as opposed to just reacting all the time? Yeah, that new branch is amazing. We were just out there uh, yesterday in the audio studio, actually. You guys, from the audio studio to the makerspace right next to it, there's conference rooms in there. Just uh, give us a rundown of the new space on King Road. It's pretty remarkable. I mean, and so people come into it and they're like, "This is this doesn't look like mm-hmm. all the other branches." And so you walk in, and it's a fifteen thousand foot uh, square foot pavilion that looks a lot like a bar, uh, looks a lot like a bookstore, right? You know, yeah. I've heard people compare yeah. it to an Apple store or a bookstore. Um, huge open windows. Huge open windows. Yeah. You know, it's you know, gorgeous windows, and it it you just. You know, one of the the speakers at the at the grand opening was talking about how, you know you want you could build a library and just basically throw up some walls and the roof, um, but you want a place that inspires people and wants people to mm-hmm. want that inspires people to want to make things there. And that's that's kind of like I think one of the new um, you know sort of trends or the way we think about libraries is it's not just a place where people come to consume things, you know, where people just come to consume books or to get their DVDs or to access databases, but it's a place where people are creating things and. I think the library's always been that way. You know, people have always been, you know, creating the next novel or, or you know, reinventing themselves in the future, finding a new, you know, career path. Um, but now we're, I think we're being a little bit more explicit about how we talk about that. And so one of the ways I understand there's there's an audio studio at the King King Road place. And Danny was there yesterday and I, I wasn't able to, to I'm make sorry it I wasn't up, working. But... You guys weren't able to use it for some reason or yeah. I wasn't going to say yeah. that. Well, <laughs> well, no, I, yeah, I mean, we, we, we can actually show up anyway. Couldn't make it. He, he was feeling under the weather, but Bob had tort and I was there. So it was like, well, shit, what are we going to do anyway? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it didn't work. And I was like, Oh no, Oh no, the mics aren't working. I can't do anything. guys. <laughs> yeah, they did. I heard, I heard radio did a remote there during the grand opening. And, um, it, you know, it's, it, I plugged you, the mics into my MacBook. Yeah. It worked fine. Oh, <laughs> plugged them into the iMac. They just need the right codecs or software. This, yeah. And you know what? Inter- interestingly enough, we had a studio at West Toledo. And you know, we, we build these spaces and, and we expect the community to inter- inter- interact with them and help us figure out what works and what doesn't work. And mm-hmm. a lot of the equipment that's in there now was informed by you know our best guess is that what we would what we <laughs> put in West Toledo. And the people came in and used it and said, no, no, you need this, you need this, you need this. So, you know, hopefully we're getting a little closer every time. It's iterative, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only been open three weeks, so we'll, uh, you know, we learn what's not working. So what, what sort of things do you envision people making in, in the audio studio, for example? Do, do you envision podcasts? Do you envision yeah, I think music a, or, you know? I was about to lay down a rap track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good spot for it. I mean, I think, I think anything you do solo, it's not a huge room. So, you know, whether people are in there, some people go in there to do... Um, to do a job interview, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a, a Skype job interview and you don't have any place to do it quietly, and you don't want to do that, you know, in your closet at home uh, with your clothes hanging behind you or something <laughs> like that. Although that would work. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've actually done that, so that's what I know from from experience. Or, or, I think I did that for for the job uh, coming here. I, I was at our house in the in, we had a house in the Catskills, and uh, I was doing a phone interview with Toledo uh, in my closet. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> DIY, DIY, right? Or, or Nate, didn't you tell me if if you record underneath the blanket that that's actually I did that, good and he's right. Audio if, quality. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're if you don't have a room, <laughs> you're so you right. can get underneath like a quilt, and it just I use my comfort. Blocks a lot of high frequency and and bounce. 
months back and stuff. So I just recently heard somebody telling a story about how the guy from My Bloody Valentine did the same thing. And <laughs> spent like hours and hours and hours in underneath <laughs> a quilt in a recording studio, and people like you know had no idea what he did. Right. Well, I mean, in in if you go to a professional recording studio, they'll have sound isolation stuff, and a mm-hmm. lot of times they'll have big thick blankets that they'll put you know on top of an amp that has a microphone on it just to just to isolate it from the other stuff being played in the room and stuff so and same, same idea too. yeah yep. there's, a, there's yeah. a big iMac in there there were yeah. two mics one with a boom boom shield boom stand whatever like yeah. this and the other one was kind of a placement mic yeah and i think so i think people will do you know people will do podcast we, we one there of the was things a little we, meaty pad like my soundboard over here meaty there we go meaty d <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Isn't that a meaty thing? It's a midi. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, so, you know, well, I think, you know, I think people will, you know, go in there to Skype with family and friends from around the country, um, mm-hmm. soloists, you know, who play a single instrument, you know, who want to come in there. But it, so that room's soundproof. And then just outside of there, we, we envision people using the outside room for, you know, editing all types yeah, of different stuff. So they can have two people using it, two people using it for di- very different resource, reasons um, at the same time. It's cool. And then right outside that audio studio is a makerspace. I saw some 3D printers. Yeah. So we have a, it's a, we call it, so the branding at the library is called Make U. So it's like M-A-K-E-U University, um, U as an individual. So we do a lot of high tech and low tech making at the library. So we'll, you know, I think Julie, the the manager there, um, she's done an amazing job of putting together this suite of of tools that are still kind of coming in. We've been ordering them for weeks now, but you know, Arduinos and Raspberry Pis and stuff yeah. like that for people to do robotics and different <laughs> types of computing and, and, and computer tinkering. But it's also a low tech space. So we'll do, you know, like, you know, dirty science projects and stuff like that over there as well. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty flexible. And I think that's one of the, the trends, you know, in general, as we think about all of our libraries, it's, you know, how to make them flexible so that we can change them in five years when people are doing very different things and they want to do very different things in their public spaces. Very cool. There's another one coming on on Door Street. Right. I think I saw on my way up here. Yeah, yeah. We've um, that was that was a project that was written on the back of the na- of a napkin with, uh, <laughs> with with Mayor Collins, who um, and my director, uh, and, and basically the city gave the library three acres uh, in Smith Park to build a new Mott Branch across the street from where it currently is. So we'll be right next to uh, MLK, uh, and that. That branch will be, I think, equally as magnificent as King Road, and 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 uh, and necessarily, we'll you know, we'll, once we if we pass our levy, we'll you know work with the community and and start to talk about you know what they want to see in that in that branch and, and start to build that. And libraries, unlike you know uh, you know uh, Whole Foods or or a McDonald's, you know they take you know a couple years to build because you have to you spend a lot of time with the community working on the design, and then and then it takes about nine to twelve months to build. Yeah. Hmm. I, I live right by the uh, the Sanger branch, mm-hmm. like walking distance right by a Sanger branch. <laughs> yeah. And beyond liking my house, that's probably like the biggest benefit to where I live, especially with little kids. <laughs> yeah. I, am I kidding? Like, you know, as a kid, I used to go to the Washington branch in, mm-hmm. in Toledo. And I'd go there all the time. And then, you know, you're, you, at least for me, like I, you know, I go to college and law school and stuff. And then I, I didn't really go to libraries very much until I had kids. And now I, we go a lot <laughs> and it's, it's really amazing. And, and I've started rather than buying books, I, you know, get them from, from the library, which is a lot more cost effective. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's a great community thing because, you know, you, you meet, for example, you meet other parents of kids, your kids age in the neighborhood, right? Which isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do. Um, and, 
I don't know. It, it's it's been a great experience living so close to, to the library. That branch is incredible. That place is bursting at the seams all the time. And yeah. we're in the middle of a ten year master plan for facilities. We're working on, you know, how do we chart out the next ten years for the for the entire system? We've got twenty facilities. And Sanger is right at the top of the list of a place that needs some upgrade and some expansion and renovation because it is always busy. It's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's been already, there a long time too, right? That's an older one. Well, it's it's actually not too much. I mean, because um, neighborhood uh, NBI or I forget the, the, the acronym. Yeah. There used to be a nonprofit in that space, and it used to be the library used to be down the street and in a in a strip mall, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think I, don't know, I forget when I'm going to get my year wrong, but it's not that old of a building. Well, it's been here as long as I've been here. So, yeah. I mean, it's 10, 15 years old easy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah I would yeah. say so. I would say so. But, you know, to your point about, you know, being able to meet people in public and yeah, yeah. the the public library is remarkable in the sense that it's really like one of the only places that's accessible and open to all anytime, you know, these days. And can you imagine trying to create something like a public library now? you know, with such a divided culture politically and, and culturally, you know, how would you get all these people together to say, no, we need the space Yeah, right. that's going to be available to everyone. It, it would just be impossible to build. I mean, yeah. yeah. The other library I frequent a bit is the downtown main library, which is, you know, it's a monument Man, pretty the, much. Right? Yeah. The first time I went in there, I was like, Oh, well, crap, and, and so my, big. my wife's from Chicago and she tell you know she tells me of the experience like you know she's never really been to the main library in downtown Chicago right yeah. because you know you live in the suburbs and like that just seems like so inaccessible mm-hmm. whereas we have this beautiful monument of a library in downtown Toledo that's very accessible and very easy to get to and it's a real nice rooftop garden yeah in the summer we meet Still up there once gem. a week for lunch Damn, yes. you know <laughs> no yeah I mean I, I, I meet that. I meet my wife and kids. On, on the roof for lunch, like once a weekend in the summer. It's it's a great spot. I don't think I've ever been to the roof. I've been there a whole bunch of times. It's, you know, it's a, it's a really inspiring place to come to work every day. That's for sure. I mean, we, the, the amazing vitrolite glass that's in there. And I don't know, uh, one of the things I found out in the first, you know, half, half a year that I was there is that we have a guy who comes in every year and taps and touches each piece of glass in the library to make sure that it's held in place well <laughs> and that it's not going to fall. That's good. And that place, yeah, I mean... It's, makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah. he's like one of the only guys who does that you know in in, in the region so he comes in you know, once a year and spends all that time tapping their glass all throughout the central court all throughout the children's library it's, yeah it's now this is a, a paid staff member not one of the people who frequent it sounds that like it's somebody's he's a contractor, contractor. Okay. Yeah, he's a contractor some old, there's, old. there's some interesting characters <laughs> so i walk over to that library sometimes so yeah. your main offices are out of that library then right right up on the second floor is the administrative offices you know? cool oh, okay yeah. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a place in, in talking about renovation and thinking about what we're, you know, part of that master plan is, is you know, what happens to the first floor of, of Main Library. And we're, you know, we're mm-hmm. working with staff and going to be working with the community about how we kind of re-envision. There's a lot of really flexible open space there. And I, I think yeah. within the next year or so, we might have a pretty large maker space that's often, you know, in where, you know, in on that first floor yeah, um, that will have, you know, a pretty broad range of, you know, whatever we have at King Road, you know, it, it'll probably you know, be you know, 10 times more than that because we'll have room, more room for bigger bigger equipment and things like that. Now, is this master plan that you've talked about a couple of times, is, is this tied to the, the levy request? No, not necessarily. No, just... I mean, it's as a public institution, we're just, you know, we're, you know, trying to chart out the future yeah. of the organization. You know, just like last year, we engaged about 400 people around the around the county to talk about the, you know, our strategic plan for the library and what 
the big question was, what does success look like in Toledo, Lucas County, and how does the library support that? Yeah, right. Um, and so we came away with, you know, pretty strong strategic plan that we're, that we're working right now. Uh, and, that, and one of the other parts of that is, you know, how do we chart out the roadmap for our facilities, you know, and, and you know, as a, as a, you know, a responsible steward of public funds, you know, we need to, you know, we'd be intentional and strategic about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you, you mentioned you go to the library a lot with Marcus. What kind of programs do you do? What kind of programs do you guys offer for families to come in and enjoy? What do you guys do? Well, I, I don't go because I'm unfortunately at work, but yeah, there is a like a preschool age kid story time. Mm-hmm. It's like Thursday mornings or something at Sanger. Or, yeah, my kids go to they go to the story times. They love Miss Heidi at, at Sylvania Branch. Miss um, Michelle is my son's Ms. favorite. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, in you know at, at Reynolds Corners, there's a there's a woman who doesn't work for the library, but she rents out one of the meeting not rents out because they're free, but she reserves one of the meeting rooms, and they've been doing a music group there. And I went there once, and it was just, you know there's forty you know forty yeah. moms and forty kids. It was yeah, really popular. Yeah. And then the other thing is, it, and we probably have at any one time somewhere between fifty to a hundred library books, <laughs> yeah. almost all yeah. children books. At my house, well, hundred books. Can, yeah, I mean, I'm, check I'm, out that many save books? some I'm, for somebody I'm, else. I'm kind Bob. of not exaggerating. Can here we at see all. your library card? We got to check that. I don't think that's valid. Anymore. Fortunately, they're under my wife's card. But well, they <laughs> smart man. They are put to much better use in your home than they are on our shelves. Yeah, so that's, that's, true. that's and, fine. And we wrote. I mean, it's yeah. not like we have the yeah. same set all the time. You know, we go there the frequently. Same set enough. of hundred. No, you, you, you take some back, you get some new ones, and then you kind of it's a, this constant rotation. Then every once in a while, it's like, oh man. This book's overdue. We got to find it. Where, <laughs> where do we put it? I will. Yeah, I'll let you off the hook a little bit. Yeah. I, have, I probably have an embarrassing amount yeah. of fines, fines too. Even yeah, so it's, it's okay. Well, don't you, you know the IT guy where you can go in and just kind of yeah, can't you wipe it out? That would not be ethical, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we were we were we didn't used to do that, and and we were at a friend's house who had kids similar age, and they did that, mm-hmm. and just like library books all over the place, and, and they said, yeah, we just you know every you know every week or something we'll we'll change 10 of them or something and you just have this big stock on hand that you your kids read until yeah. they get bored of them and then you change them and it's it's awesome so here's a question for you do you do you guys do audiobooks and ebooks and all that stuff too because a lot of people don't know that that you know one of the things we do with our materials budget which has been pretty static for the last you know seven years or so but we're buying you know obviously all the books dvds blu-rays and all that stuff but also um uh, we provide access to digital magazines um, and uh, streaming video and movies through a service that's actually based here um, in Northwest Ohio, um, Hoopla. Yeah, uh, but a lot of folks don't even know that. Yeah, that's I, crazy. yeah. My my wife and I do the the ebook. Yeah. reading and and then for the I forget what they're called. It's not like a disc that you. It's not a CD, but it's like this little plastic thing that you plug your headphones into for an audio book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a name for Playaways, it. Playaways. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we were, we were going to have a road trip to Iowa with the kids, which is painful just saying uh-huh. that out loud. Yeah. And um, so like right before the road trip, I went to the downtown branch just to like scope out, okay, what are your kids' playaways that I can grab just to, for, my, for my son to listen to on the way? And we grabbed a couple and he used them. And yeah, those are great for the road trips for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was impressed with the amount of stuff you had offered for adults too. You could, I could sort the programs by adults and there was like cybersecurity. There was some stuff on uh, personal savings and a few LinkedIn classes. Yeah. So we're, we, you know, I think we're obviously really strong in children's programming and family programming. And I think mm-hmm. if, if I have a goal as, as deputy director is to kind of bring, you know, to, to double down on our adult programming and we, 
you know, we, we think about the library as a couple of different things. It's the Aspen Institute had a big national conversation around public libraries and what, what they mean. And for us, you know, I think we kind of latch on to, to, the, to the model that they put forth, which is the libraries are our people, obviously the people that work there and the people that mm-hmm. use the library. It's a place, you know, it's a physical space where people can convene. But it's also a platform. So it's a place where people can build new culture. And, and you know, we've talked about things like we put in a, a proposal to the Knight Foundation. Um, didn't get funded last year, but I think we, we're still going to explore it. But um, it's called Hyperlocal, and the idea of the library as a, as a publishing platform for multimedia. Oh. So, you know, think about the library. And you guys obviously do a great job here on your own, but think about the library as a as a publisher of podcasts, right, for yeah. example. or or. Or as an outlet that's amplifying some of the great, you know, video stuff that, that people are creating that might not rise to a level that gets the kind of notoriety that it should. And that, I think that's, you know, it's a pretty natural role for the library to play and in, 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 you know, specifically speaking to, you know, the, the adults who you know, maybe don't have kids, right? And people, <laughs> people kind of have that, that gap, you know, they go to the yeah. library a lot when they're a kid. And then they like drop out, and they don't ever touch the library for another 15, 20 years. That's, and then, that's exactly. And then you come was, back yeah. as a as a parent. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm no different to some degree, but and I think you know trying to find ways to make sure that folks realize mm-hmm. that it is kind of a cradle to grave institution that has a lot for everybody. Very cool. Do you have any uh, big events coming up or anything that you want to talk about? Well, authors, authors is big. You know, so we've been, I, and that's something that even when I lived here before, this is a program that's been going on for decades. Yeah, what's that? Um, authors, authors, we, you know, we bring in, uh, it's a partnership with the Toledo Blade and we bring in authors, uh, usually six, three in the fall and three in the spring. Um, and, uh, we just had podcaster John Hodgman and yeah. Sarah, mm. and Sarah yeah. Mall. Um, okay. uh, that happened in September. Uh, this month we have, uh, uh, Tucker Carlson and, uh, and, um, Carville, James Carville doing a cr- sort of across the aisle conversation between yeah. the two of them. And then Bill, Bill and I will be here in November. Um, Bill Nye, science, the science, science guy. That's awesome. He's the guy. Yeah. He used to watch that show religiously. <laughs> yeah, and it's it was great. It's a program. Like, I, obviously, authors has been going on for a long time, but it was something that was not on my radar when I lived here before. But yeah. now coming back, I'm like, I can't believe them. You look at the the list of people, and I'm not gonna be able to pull any names right now. But that have been <laughs> in this program, yeah. you know, that have come here for the library, it's pretty pretty remarkable. Yeah, for sure. Well, one thing we like to do with all of our guests is a little bit of trivia. I'm nervous. Oh. <laughs> you shouldn't be nervous. This is fun. Well, especially yeah, since Danny fun. came up with the questions this week. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, Zach. <laughs> Zach's out on his honeymoon, so our question master is out. And Congratulations, his, his apprentice Zach. tried his best. So, you know how it works. It goes easy, medium, hard. Then we have a bonus question. Um, we'll just get right to it. Number one, you better not get this wrong, because if so, you are way overpaid. How many total branches does the Toledo-Lucas County Public Library have? Uh, we have 20 facilities total, so that includes Main Library. Woo! Yay. All right. Good job. It's actually 20.5, <laughs> because uh, the new King Road branch includes our outreach services. So we we brought all oh, the, the bus, all the mobile, mm-hmm. the, the mobile technology center. Yeah. And, oh, excuse me. Excuse yeah, me. The yeah. mobile technology it center. Be, it used to be called the Cybermobile. And, okay. Uh, Cybermobile. And that's, we, we yeah. I made, I was like, we need good rebrand. We need to do yeah, some definitely. rebranding. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, yeah, we have a new logo. I don't know if you guys, uh, we, that was one of my first uh, things I wanted to do coming to the library because we had the same logo for 25 years. Yeah. Uh, we worked with Madhouse to come up with a new 
Your, new, uh, your website's pretty sweet too. That's, that's a good. Thank website. you. I appreciate that. We worked with Madhouse as well on that, and um, it's that's a good firm. Library websites are universally terrible, right? <laughs> uh, and you know sure. because they're designed by librarians who you know do a great job at what they do, but aren't necessarily thinking about how how people use. You know, right, the web. UX stuff and exactly, all that goes into exactly. it. Exactly. So I think you know Andy Lecklack. Oh, talk nerdy are, to me. Yeah, <laughs> Andy Lecklack is our digital strategist, and he's uh, he uh, did a good job working with with Madhouse to get, pull that out. So I'm not trying to. No, you're good. We'll prop that in earlier. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no keep it right staying there. right where. Right. <laughs> Number More two, editing. <laughs> what year did Main Library Branch on Michigan Avenue officially open? 1945. <laughs> Oh, 1940. Oh, man. Uh, close, though. Same decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. All right, number three. In 2007, the Toledo Lucas County Public Library tried to set a world record. What was that world record? This uh, one was what year? 2007. I'm buying time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> all time in the world. Uh, was, it a, was it a citywide, countywide read-in? Nope. It was actually the largest shared learning experience that involved children and adults. What they does that mean? Isn't that the same thing as what nope. he said? No, they were connecting uh, for one hour, and everyone was studying the same material. All right. All right. Interesting. Yeah. See, I'm learning some, something. some like 15,000 people they wanted to do it. They failed. But the, the important thing is that we tried. I like this. You stressed it. Failed. <laughs> it failed. <laughs> bonus. Bonus question. Uh, oh, yeah, what I want, what, this has nothing yeah. to do with anything. Right. The largest zombie gathering in Ohio takes place in downtown Toledo. On which street? Adams, of course. Didn't even need All the right. ticket. All right. Nice go. job. You are going home today with a wonderful bag of actual toffee, the Project Espresso Blend, creamy milk, chocolate, caramel, and hints of blueberry, and so much more. Thank you so much, Lance. And you also get a lovely coffee mug with our logo on it. I like so, that logo a lot. Yeah. Who, who, uh, who designed that? Uh, Jacob Parr. Yeah, yep. Nice. He did all of our logo and graphic yep. design yeah. for us. And we amazing. Again, appreciate it. If you need some stuff done, he is the man. Yeah. JacobParr.design. Yeah, and he's P-A-R-R-H-R. P-A-R-R. Gotcha. He's coming out with a board game coming out soon. Right? What's it called? Card game. Card the, game. Uh, Master Thief. Master Thief. Yeah. It's a traditional game. game. Excuse me. Yeah. It looks, it's kind of like Cards Against Humanity, but yeah. you, uh, you try to steal art. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it Don't was play test, fun. We, we went to the test night. That was a good time. Don't play it at work. No, <laughs> never. You did in so much trouble. <laughs> yeah. So another thing we like to do is ask our guests about a favorite Toledo hidden gem. Maybe it's a space or a place that you just want more people to know about or a place you really enjoy. Do you you know, you gave us a little spoiler, but what is that yeah, spot Yeah, I mean, you? a lot of people don't know that the, uh, the Civic Plaza on the top of Main Library is probably, you know, obviously we have the new Metro Parks downtown but mm -hmm. uh, and Hensville, but prior to that, it was probably the best park in downtown and people don't know that that's open to the public anytime the library is open it's my favorite fair weather lunch spot and it's it's good yeah, yeah it can get a little hot in the summertime yeah. but oh, yeah. you know on the other sides of that it's it's a gorgeous place yeah. to hang out do they the, serve food up there no you, you bring your own okay cool yeah. awesome right yep yeah, yeah bring your own lunch but there, there's also uh, the main library has a like a little restaurant. The there's a cafe in the basement. basement um, yeah. And uh, we what? There's a cafe in the basement. Mm -hmm. No, that get your sandwiches, get your sodas, you your can bring soups. It. Yeah, but uh, you know, you'll any, at any given moment up there, uh, you'll probably see a bunch of librarians and staff doing their wellness walks because they'll walk around the plaza uh, quite a bit. <laughs> awesome. Or my son running around and chasing him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So. Well, thank you very much, Jason. Yeah, for thank you. No, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate we, it. We really appreciate it. And, you know, I, I'm a heavy user of the library these days, and so I, I appreciate what you do. So thanks. thanks for the opportunity. 
All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us for the 29th episode of the Toledo Matters podcast. It is a pleasure having you listen to us, and we're going to keep it going. So, uh, Danny, why don't you take us out? For more information on Jason and the Toledo Lucas County Public Library, visit ToledoLibrary.org or Jason's Twitter at J450NK. You can always get more information about us and a map of the hidden gems our guests have mentioned at ToledoMatters.com. Big thank you to sponsor of the show, Balance Grill. So we are actually in on a little secret. Balance has an all-new app dropping sometime soon, and they're in the final stages of its development. So if you know anything about Balance, you know this is going to be a pretty sweet app. Balance serves up the finest Asian fusion food with some truly sensational menu items like Marcus's favorite. Bang bang sauce. Insert bang bang <laughs> sauce here. Uh, swing through Balance sometime soon for lunch or dinner and tell them we sent you. Definitely worth checking out. It is, it is very, very good. Uh, another huge supporter of this show, Actual Coffee. Thank you so much, Lance. Uh, the prizes for the Sledo Matters trivia come from Actual Coffee. Your first sip drowns out all the rest of life's noise, and just for a moment, your day begins with bliss. Start each morning like this with Actual Coffee. Big thank you to Nate and the Waveflow team. Sledo Matters podcast is always recorded out of this magnificent Waveflow Media Studios. And if you want a podcast recorded out of here, if you want to set up for an event or anything with audio engineering, give Nate a shout. And thank you, Toledo, for tuning in and making Toledo matter.